Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. It is Monday, June 1st, 2020. My name is Megan, and I'm here with the ever-lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Nothing. Hello. Sorry for the delay. I was dealing with the last week of school, and it was crazy. So I'm happy to be back to normal programming so that we can get back into this. Um, So our main focus today is music and movies. Uh, so we're going to be updating about the music charts. We're going to be talking about any movie recommendations that we have for you guys to check out. Um, and then we're going to get to our main discussion, which is all about the feel-good Pixar movies. That is the plan. Excellent. Sounds great. All right. So for the entertainment news, there isn't any specific entertainment news that I can see that's outside of the crazy things that are happening around the world uh, today. Um, But just a couple of things I just wanted to highlight. Uh, So a lot of the stars are, of course, uh, getting involved with the protests uh, that are currently happening around the country, actually around the world, um, about George George Floyd, uh, who was murdered by a police officer um, and in Minneapolis. And so lots of celebrities are going to the streets. Ariana Grande, Camila Cabello, Jamie Foxx, Nick Cannon, Cole Sprouse. uh, Tons of people um, are out and protest of this uh, particular moment of police brutality. Uh, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds are giving 200K to the NAACP. I'm seeing more than I've ever seen before of companies, um, actors, actresses, musicians, athletes speaking out about this than I've ever seen before. Would you agree with that, Kristen? I would definitely agree. I think this time has, I don't know if it's going to change everything, all at once, but I think this time, like, is the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, this is definitely bigger. More people are involved. Um, more races. You know, people really are coming together. It's true. It, it's crazy. Um, but also so good at the same time. It's yeah, sad, though, that absolutely. it's happening in the middle of a pandemic, which makes it even more tricky. Yeah. Um, so... Everyone out there, be safe. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself and keep your wits about you. But I I do think that it's really interesting, the amount of people and the diversity of the people who I'm seeing on my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed speaking out against it. It's not just the usual suspects. It seems to be more widespread this time. Definitely. I agree. 
All right. Um, music updates. So for the Billboard Top 200, uh, number five is Blame It on Baby by The Baby. Number four, Dark Lane Demo Tapes by Drake. I have not been able to get through that album. I just am not a huge fan of Drake. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of people are digging it. Uh, number three is My Turn by Little Baby. Number two is The G-O-A-T by Polo G. And number one is High Off Life by Future. So basically, rap is dominating the top 200 for sure. Uh, for the top five songs, the Billboard Top 100, we got number five, which is Tootsie Slide by Drake. Number four, Rockstar, The Baby, featuring Roddy Rich. Number three, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number two, Say So by Doja Cat, featuring Nicki Minaj. And number one is Savage by Megan Thee Stallion, featuring Beyonce. Now, how Megan Thee Stallion got Beyonce to feature is beyond me. But... <laughs> That's like, that is, so I was just thinking about it. Like, Beyonce's featured on someone's album. What? Right? That is amazing. That's going to catapult Megan B. Stallion so much, at least right. for that song. Um, yep. But go Megan B. Stallion for getting Queen B. on the feature on her album. Right. Uh, as for new music that is coming out, uh, this Friday, uh, Jessie Ware, who is a beautiful singer, um, she has a new album, What's Your Pleasure? Uh, Bauer, who is EDM, uh, he has a new album, Planets Mad, which I agree with. The planet does seem to be mad. Um, L.A. Priest has an album called Gene. It's an alternative indie rock film, I mean, not film, um, album. And then the following Friday on May 12th, uh, the sweet, smooth, jazz pop uh, croning of Nora Jones has a new album uh, called Pick Me Up Off the Floor. And the rock soul singer Paul Weller has a new album called Unsunset. So those are just a few things that you can check out over the next couple of weeks when it comes to new music. Interesting. All right. For my music spotlight. I sadly don't have any audio because I have a new computer and there's something going on, so I need to figure this out. So I'm going to try my best to explain it as if you are listening. And then later okay. on, you can take this. <clears throat> uh, so my music spotlight is The Streets. Have you ever heard of The Streets? I have not. Okay, The Streets is a rap group based out of England um, the lead singer and mastermind of the group, mostly he does all the work, is Mike Skinner. And he is someone that I've been listening to for a very, very long time. He, they, they, he was really active in the 2000s. He took a break, but he released a couple of new songs uh, over the quarantine time. And uh, how I describe this type of rap is witty satire funny rap that has really good beats um and so if you're interested in taking a look there's a couple of songs that i think are really good at showcasing what the streets can do uh the first one is called fit but you know it um in british slang fit means you're good looking Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so it's a song that's basically like, I want to be with you, but you definitely know it. Like, so it, it, it has like this really fun beat that's really upbeat. And the lyrics are just like hilarious. Like if you, if you're listening to it and you hear a couple of lines, you'll start laughing because he is so good at putting a rhyme together that is both intelligent and funny at the same time. Uh, the second song that I want to recommend is Where Did Where the F Did April Go? Um, and this was a song that he wrote in quarantine, and he uh, recorded it in quarantine. Um, as you know, April was probably the, the, the whole month that most of the world had um, sheltered in place. Um, and it's just such an ironic song about all how people are dealing with the quarantine um, and just has some really good one-liners that are just hilarious and I just feel like they have a very relatable rap um, that is relatable to all races and all different styles um, so I definitely recommend checking out the streets I am going to share their videos on social media on our um, Twitter and such in just a moment so yeah, it's so good. It will make too. you laugh and dance at the same time. <laughs> All right, so we're shifting right. gears to go to movies. However, there are really no movies because no one's going to the movies. No. Nobody's um, going to the movies. It's sad. But have, you, have you watched anything that you would like to recommend to people? All right. So, I'm just going to admit it. I suck. (laughs) I haven't been in a movie mood. But also, what I want to recommend in place of a specific movie is to go check out Netflix. Go check out Amazon Prime. Um, Some of these streaming services, they are launching videos or movies, not videos. They are launching movies left and right to the point where I get really overwhelmed with the selection And I'm like, I want to watch that, I want to watch that, I want to watch that. Disney Plus overwhelms me, too. I'll be like, I want to watch a Disney movie. And then I spend an hour and a half browsing and never actually watch a movie. So it's the same way. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, um, Disney Plus, so many movies to choose from right now while you might be still spending a majority of your time at home. Um, So many good ones and lots that are good for the family. So... I have not been in a a movie mood the last week and a half, Um, and so I haven't watched a lot, but you should definitely check out what's out there, because there's a lot of um, the straight-to-Netflix or whatnot out there to choose from. Definitely true. What I've been doing is, like, deep rewatches of things. I've watched all the Pixar movies. Now I'm watching all of the... Uh, regular animated films and I'm starting from chronological order so I watched Snow Snow White and realized I still hate Snow White (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then I watched Fantasia and I was like man I need to I think I need to alter my brain to really understand Fantasia and then I watched Pinocchio and um and I have to say that in the 1940s, 
Like they say that nowadays our our shows are kind of weird and, and inappropriate. But in the 1940s, they were inappropriate in a different way. Because um, yeah. I was like, man, I can't believe they, they said that. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they referred to that. I can't believe they're smoking tobacco. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, like, there's, so it's been fascinating going back and, and rewatching the things that I watched when I was a teenager or younger, because I haven't watched Snow White since probably I was 10. Um, so it's been interesting to go back and That's rewatch fun. this. No, wait, from a good one. 2020. The dwarves. The dwarves are great. But, no. Just, <laughs> That's it? Snow White, Snow White is useless. So stupid. And then I just remember oh, thinking, like, is this what so is this what men wanted in a woman in the 1940s? Because <laughs> she, <laughs> she seemed like an eight-year-old to me. Like, just like, really young and stupid. Very dumb. Sorry, oh, Snow White, but it's true. Funny. Uh, so that's my recommendation. It's just to pick something and rewatch it all, whether it's the Marvel movies or whether it's Disney or Pixar or the Harry Potter films or X-Men or whatever. Just pick one and go through it because this is the time that you can kind of immerse yourself into a world without interruption, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. All right. Oh, you ready for... For our main discussion. I'm very ready because I love Pixar movies. I do too. All right. So my first question, because there is a huge difference, in my opinion, in in quality. And I want to see if we both can verbalize the same thing. What makes a Disney Pixar movie different from a regular Disney film? So, personally speaking, I think Disney films are just meant to make you feel good, um, like fairy tales, princesses, superheroes, things like that. And from all of my favorite Pixar movies, they usually teach some kind of a lesson. And I think that's why I like them more, because it's not just like, if you think about it, a Disney movie... Cinderella. In the original, 16-year-old girl gets swept off her feet by a rich, pretty prince and is supposed to just move in and live her life the way he wants. But very rarely would you find that in a Pixar movie because there's always like, um, I don't know, I feel like there's like, uh, what's the one I'm thinking about? Uh, Inside Out is all about mm-hmm. feelings and how to handle them. And you have, like, a bug life, um, you know, taking responsibility and venturing out and growing um, as an individual. There's always some deep-seated taboo-like, if you think about it, for a cartoon movie in Pixar movies. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the depth of the lesson, I think I think regular Disney films have lessons too, like Aladdin has lessons, all of them have lessons, Lion King has lessons. Um, but I think the, the depth in which they dive into the lesson and the attention they give to the lesson, I think is always in the forefront. And just animated, in just terms of animation, it tends to be crisper and just, more of a digital 
art form. So just visually, it looks different, um, as well as the way that the story is approached. Um, so I definitely agree with you. I think stories, the stories are, are definitely more in your face about bigger things than finding love. And usually love is never I think it, the main plot point. Yeah, like, I agree that Disney, they, you know, they're meant for kids, but they're also meant to teach them as they grow and watch these films. Um, but I just feel like Pixar is more, like, in-your-face teaching. For sure. Now, I figured we could go kind of chronological order. So obviously the the first owl, the first Pixar movie was of course Toy Story um in 1995. Um so what are your thoughts about Toy Story? I like Toy Story. I haven't seen all of them though. I I lost interest over the years with Toy Story. Um but I love anything that Tom Hanks has put his hands on. So um, any movie he's in, and I think him, um, he just does such a good job with that the character. And then I love, what I love most about Toy Story, I think, is it's kind of like what I say when I talk about books or TV shows. I like to be relatable to characters. I think that's what connects people. And there are so mm-hmm. many characters, and they're all different and they're all just a little quirky that there's a character that everyone can be like, Oh, that would be me. That's me. <laughs> and I love that. Cause there's so many toys and they all have these weird quirky personalities and I just love it. For sure. I remember I was, I was very young when I, when Toy Story came out, I was like eight, something like that. Um, and <laughs> I remember just seeing <laughs> so in awe of Toy Story like oh my god like this is so amazing and then I also remember coming home and being like I'm so sorry to all my toys um um, being like man how come you won't ever let me see you alive what um there's some trust issues for a while um but it is such a heartwarming film and I think that when it comes to toys, it's always a moment of, there's always some nostalgia that goes along with it. Um, and obviously Toy Story 2 came out in 1999. Um, and then sometime later, Toy Story 3 in 2010. Um, and then short, Toy Story 4 came out last year. Um, the stories progressed with the the people who have uh, been watching it since 1995. I think Toy Story 4 is more for millennials in terms of messaging than it was for kids. It's basically about like creating your own family and going in your own path, kind of a direction. Um, and so I just think that the world is so fascinating. The actors involved are so great. And I think anything with toys will just always be nostalgic um, and, and be kind of sad because it's about that transition between being a kid to being an adult. So I think that is really the reason for why Toy Story was so successful and still continues and I like, to be. As as it continues, it, you've literally grown up with them. Like, obviously, the characters don't get bigger, um, toys. Mm-hmm. But you've seen Andy grow up and go through the changes you would as a kid where, you know, I used to love this toy, but I don't really need this toy anymore. Yeah. 
Um, then the next film, it came out in 1998, a few years later, and that was A Bug's Life. Now, I believe this oh, is one of your movie. favorites, right? It is one of my favorites. I don't know what it is about this movie, because it came out about the same time as the movie Ants, and I don't like Ants. <laughs> Bug's Life was it. That was my jam. Um, again, I love all the quirky characters in the story. Um, but I just thought it was like a really good lesson. Um, I don't think that I watched it when I was young. I, I think I, I watched it. Um, I think the first time I watched it was with my daughter. Um, and I just liked how it was this guy who was always screwing up and then he takes this huge responsibility in this journey to right his wrong. And you see him grow along the way, and you see him gain confidence. And I just, I don't know, I love the, A Bug's Life. It's like one of the best stories. It is. A, a, I, I feel like the lesson of A Bug's Life is never doubting awkward geniuses. Because, I mean, that's kind of the story, right? She, he was a bit of an, a, an outcast that people kind of laughed at. Um, mm-hmm. And then they were in a predicament and then he used his ingenuity and his belief in himself and kind of brought together these band of crazy characters to kind of take on the evil grasshoppers. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a really good tale in that way for sure. Definitely. Um, and then of course, Toy Story 2 came out a year later um, and the next big franchise uh, came out in 2001 and that's Monsters Inc which is also one of your favorites oh yes Mike Wazowski I love him um so I'm a little sister and on my Disney like my I have an older brother and uh we share a Disney plus account and he picks all the profile things because he set up the account and mine is Boo from Monsters Inc and I asked him I was like why'd you make it good and he's like because you're my little sister and I was like, that's so cute. Um, but I just loved it. Uh, this was definitely um, a lesson about right and wrong and being mm-hmm. the good guy um, and doing things the right way. Because uh, I think that's what Mike and Sully struggled with in that story was, well, we know what we're supposed to do if there's this human contamination. But one, they didn't want to get in trouble, of course. But two, like, they, they realized that everything they had been taught about humans was wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And I love, the, I, the characters are so funny in Monsters, Inc. Um, and Monsters University was even really good. Uh, but the characters are just funny. Um, they're fun to watch. You have the mean characters. Um, I don't know her name. The lady at the front desk. She always made me laugh. Um and she talked in that monotone voice. Uh, yeah, the rest of the DMV. Yes. And I just, I love them. And I love Boo. And I love um, her little voice. And I love when they dressed her up as a little monster. <laughs> so it's a super cute story. I also think <clears throat> it was well cast. And there was really good chemistry between uh, the main characters, and it's just a really good story. And I agree, Monsters University is also it's a the prequel story of how uh, the characters in Monsters Inc. ended up 
ended up at Monsters, Inc., and it's also a super great story. That one came out in 2013. Um, they're just really iconic characters is really what they are. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're characters. They could keep making those movies, and people would keep watching. For sure. All right, the next one that is that came out uh, was in 2003, and that was Finding Nemo, which is also one of your favorites. You seem to like the earlier ones. Um, it is. You know, I have I have a, I have a trouble. I have a trouble. Goodness, I can't talk. I have trouble with newer things. I think newer music, newer movies. I I always end up going back to um, the older things. But Finding, we're talking Finding Nemo, right? Mm Because I believe Finding Dory is also on my list. So I have the memory of a fish, a goldfish, and um, people call me Dory all the time. So I fell in love with Finding Nemo because I love Dory so much. Um, And that was before people called me Dory, obviously. Uh, But I saw it right out the gate when it came out. And I just, she's so funny. And so I'm a fan of Ellen DeGeneres. And so um, her voice just kind of made that character. But I also love the story, you know, um, just the storyline, how how passionate the dad is about finding his son, risking his life, even though he's super scared the whole time, you know, because he doesn't like to take risks. And I don't know. I just love it. And Finding Dory is, of course, the sequel and all about Dory and she is amazing and I just love her character. So that is probably my number one favorite. Um, That series, Dory and Nemo are probably my top two Pixar movies of all time. Finding Nemo is a very close to be making my top five because I do, I love the story. It's just such a beautiful, beautifully animated story too. The, The scope in which the fish and the ocean and all the different parts to it is just really well done. Um, and I think it's a great story for parents of today who tend to be very helicoptery. Um, that sometimes we just need to let our, our kids, you know, have a little bit of freedom, just you know, to make some mistakes. <laughs> um, right. And um, so I really love, I really love Finding Nemo. I think Finding Dory, which uh, came out in 2016. Um, I didn't like it as much as Finding Nemo, but I also think that Finding Dory was targeted to a younger audience than Finding Nemo was because Dory is such a cute, lovable character that little kids go crazy for her. Um, And she's just really entertaining in general. Um, But both films are great. And Ellen DeGeneres is amazing, so... All right, next is The Incredibles uh, that came out in 2004. Uh, This is one of my favorites just because I really think that this movie is for adults and not for kids. Um, Oh, definitely. And I I want to throw in real quick. Yes. I I put The Incredibles and then I deleted it for a bug's life. If I could have had six, The Incredibles would have been next. So it's your Finding Nemo. Um, the yeah, I, it's such it's 
it's a movie that that really speaks to a lot of the boring routines and ruts that parents get into with their marriage and in families and in work. And so to me, like when I'm watching it, I'm like, how do all the kids like get these jokes? I mean, a lot of the jokes are the inside things between the parents. Um, right. And I really like the take on superheroes that it has. And the family is fantastic. Elastic Girl is my hero. Um, she's amazing. And it's just really good fun movies. And then, of course, um, Incredibles 2 came out in 2018, although it picked up right after The Incredibles um, ended. So it immediately picks up from that parking lot scene. Um, and both, I think both editions are, are really, really good and super entertaining. I agree. I just, I think the characters are so much fun to watch. Um, and Incredibles is probably one of the funnier. It's probably right up there with like Finding Nemo and Dory's behavior. Um, the Incredibles is just funny. They're, when they get hurt, it's always been a funny thing because they did something silly. Um, and it's just all around good, good humor. It teaches you a lesson, but it makes you laugh at the same time. For sure. I agree with that. Um, the next one that came out was in 2006, and that was, of course, Cars. Uh, this did not make either of our top five. Um, but mm, Cars is yeah. basically movie Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox set into an animated film and told through Cars um, is really what it is. Um, so basically the speedster race car guy goes into a small town, breaks down, basically breaks the town because of stupid stupidness. <laughs> um, and then he has to pay back through community community service. And then he falls in love with the small town. The small town falls in love with him. Um, it was, I think, a good story. I never, I just didn't get into it as much as the other ones. I have never seen Cars. <laughs> it is just, it's probably it's terrible. An, and then Cars 2, which came out in 2011, I think it's probably the worst Pixar movie ever. I think it's probably my least favorite. That's terrible. And the reason is because all of a sudden the dumbest, most endearing character of Cars turns into a spy and then all of a sudden they're spies. And I was like, I don't know what this has to do with Cars. It was just very confusing. Um, and then Cars 3 got better and I think Cars 4 um I really really like Cars, Cars 4. <laughs> there is a Cars 4. Wow. And I actually Cars enjoyed it. I enjoyed oh, Cars yeah. 4. Cuz again, it was a story oh, for millennials. Huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then next I haven't is Ratatouille. I saw Ratatouille. I thought it was cute. It was adorable. Again, not on our top five, but it is a super funny movie. It's, although I never want rats to actually be in restaurants. But yeah, of course. Getting in your food, <laughs> touching it, helping this, make it. <laughs> in this movie, I, I'm willing to let it slide because it was adorable. Um, 
I think the only reason why I didn't make my top five is because just some other films hit me a little bit more. Um, but it was definitely entertaining. Yeah, I agree. I think Ratatouille was cute, but it wasn't like a standout to me in the Pixar list. Agreed. Agreed. All right. And now we go to 2008 for Wally. It was a good movie. Yeah, what did you think about it? I don't know. Um, it's. I thought it was cute, but again, it wasn't like a standout for Pixar. Um, it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't. I couldn't even tell you all the details about the movie. You asked me like, explain Wally to me. I'd be like, let's Google it. Um, I just remember I saw it and I was like, that was a cute movie, but it wasn't like. With my top five, those are all ones I would be like, yeah, let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. I don't think I'd watch Wally again. Yeah, I do have to say that Wally was a pretty gutsy boo for Pixar um, because it it doesn't have a lot of dialogue because it's a robot and an alien um, who are the main characters, the main protagonists. Um, in this fictional world that could very much happen, which is the earth becomes um, toxic to live in and we become mindless, obese people who float around in a spaceship. Totally can see that happening. Um, And because there's a lack of dialogue, it could have potentially been a movie that people found boring or just not great. But people really do love WALL-E and people really did respond to it and kids really like it. Um, despite the fact that it has such a lack of dialogue, because Wally is such an expressive robot, uh, despite not being able to speak English or being able to have those kind of complex conversations with Eve, which is the alien. Um, so it, it definitely was a gutsy film for them to make, I feel like. Um, and I think the messages of Wally are incredibly important. I agree. I think the message is important. I just, I feel like it was much more serious of a, um, of a movie than like most Pixar movies. They have some form of like humor or whatnot mixed in. I think Wally wasn't as funny as the others, which makes it harder for the kids to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it it's it, it's it's a film that's not for everyone, which is why I think it's it was such a gutsy move on their heart to to make it. Um, I mean, try to pitch that to someone, right? Let's make an animated film where the two characters don't speak English. <laughs> like, what? Right. Uh, <laughs> what? But <laughs> somehow it worked. Um, and then two thousand nine was Up, which is a film that a lot of people are crazy about that I don't understand. And maybe you, Kristen, can explain it to me. (laughs) Okay, so I liked Up, but I'm not, like, obsessed with it. But I have to say the beginning of that movie is the saddest thing I have ever seen in a Disney or Pixar movie ever. Like, the old woman dying and him being all like I cannot deal with it that was the 
I was like, what am I watching? I'm going to cry. And I'm literally 10 minutes into the movie. So hats off to Pixar for making me cry because it was terrible. Um, Aside from that, I get the message. But at the same time, I feel like this movie had a lot to do with, like, Disney Pixar or Pixar, you know, I think it was Pixar at the time of that movie. Was it Disney Pixar? Have they always been Disney Pixar? Didn't Disney buy Pixar? So. They did. Um, either way. I can't, I can't um, tell you what. I feel, like yeah. this, I feel like this was almost like they were trying to get political or like big corporation, little guy storyline without getting into that conversation. Yeah. I think when it comes to up, the reason why I didn't enjoy it, even though I could see flashes of brilliance, is that I think it was plot confused. Because at the beginning, it seemed like it was going to be a movie about grief. About letting go and remembering and, you know, having toxic reactions to losing someone versus healthier ones. And that was a major plot point. But then you had the other one, which is what you were talking about, this environmental component. Um, and I was like, I don't, what am I watching? Am I watching a movie about grief or am I watching a movie about this? And then why are right. there robot dogs that can speak English? There's just, it was just, a, it was, there was too much going on. And I think it took away from the beautiful aspects um, of the, the main story, which I think should have been a story about grief. And about self discovery. I agree. About how it. I think they had, I think they had taken that that feeling at the beginning and flowed mm-hmm. it through. I think you're right. It would have been much more. But like, I firmly believe that was them trying to get into a conversation that they shouldn't have been in in a child's movie. And or it kind of separately like they did with Wally. So like exactly and like they just tried to mix too many ideas. I agree with that assessment. And then in 2010 you got Toy Story 3, uh 2011 you got Cars 2. Um, and then Ew. we go into our <laughs> newer one, um, which is one of my favorite, was another one that I also was debating, um, and that is Brave, which came out in 2012. So what yeah, did you think of Brave? Brave? I like, okay, so this is hard, because I liked the idea of Brave, but it wasn't, it didn't for me like it wasn't one of those movies where I wanted to watch it over and over again Um, Mm -hmm. but I liked it because it was a time when like the quote unquote princess was not perfect she wasn't this perfectly blonde girl you know she was awkward and she didn't feel comfortable with herself um, and she wanted to be one way, and the world wanted her to be a different way. And I felt like that opened up a whole world for little girls who might feel awkward in their own skin. And I think that was yeah. something we needed in these movies. For sure. 
Yeah, no, I, I really liked, I, I liked the main character. I think she was an important character to have. Um, but I did also like the story of, of a, a mother and daughter relationship because mother and daughter relationships can have really violent ups and downs, as you probably know. <laughs> um, and I think the story could have been told better. I could see that there were the areas that they could have done better, but they were using the, the Scottish uh, mythology in order to kind of to, to get at what they were trying to. Um, but I just liked it just because it was a tomboy of a princess, which we don't see very often, if ever. Um, so it was, it, that, that was, in fact, very refreshing. I agree. I like her hair. Um, yeah. Um, 2013 <laughs> was Monsters University. And then in 2015 is a movie that made both of our lists, uh, which is Inside Out. So why is Inside Out on your top five? Inside Out was top five. <clears throat> I think it was really well done in a way children would understand emotion. Mm-hmm. And it touched on like a mental health topic, which I think is super important. And I think we need to talk about more, especially with our children, so that they learn to cope and realize like their feelings aren't a negative thing. And that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how they feel, that they are valid and they should be able to talk about it and express them. And I think this movie put an image to how kids probably feel inside their head. Because I know adults feel that way, where sometimes one part of your emotions is overwhelming the other ones, whether it's sadness or joy or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I loved that it was put into a, a way that children could understand and maybe break down their own feelings. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful movie. Um, that's why I put it on my top five. It's just because it was just a, it was a gorgeous film. And I liked, that because it's so easy to take emotions and want to take the most extreme situation and make it about it like something incredibly tragic, but they took something that is a normal disruption of routines, which is a move. Moves moves definitely um, change your life, but it's not as tragic as like a death in the family or something like that, right? Right. Um, and really explore the nuances of emotions and how even as you get older, emotions get more complicated. And I think the, the main message that I really loved was that sadness is not a bad thing. It's a, cause like joy yeah. fights sadness throughout the whole movie. Like, stop it. Don't touch that. But sadness is a, a real emotion that needs to be felt and is an important emotion because it gives meaning to a lot of the other things and that it's something that needs to be expressed and not something that needs to be ignored or shoved away um, or even lived in forever. It just needs to be something that um, is dealt with and coped. Um, and so I think, I think there's a lot of really good mental health lessons in that movie. And it's just, it was a gorgeous movie. It really was. I, I agree. And I love how, um, like you said, that, it wasn't some hugely tragic thing. I feel like a lot of times when they try to talk about mental health in movies, it's always got to be a big ordeal because it's got to be interesting. So it's got to be so much mm-hmm. so depressed they want to commit suicide or they're schizophrenic or there's always some crazy intense moment. 
But sometimes mm-hmm. people are just sad or sometimes they're, you know, angry and just for something, you know, I got a bad grade and I'm mad about it or I had to move away from my friends and I'm very mad about it. Now I'm sad about it because mm-hmm. I don't have any yeah. friends. And those are things every single person can relate to. And so I thought it was super sure. awesome that this movie touched on something that everyone yeah. can relate to. And if you could deal with those emotions on the smaller things or the medium things, like a move, then you can, you can keep yourself from getting to those places uh, where you have those bigger reactions and those bigger tragedies because you've already learned how to deal with it in, in, in lower uh, levels of trauma or, or change in your life. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of really good things that came from Inside Out. It's a great movie. Um, and then later that year, we had The Good Dinosaur. <clears throat> have you seen this one? I have not. This is the one I feel like most Pixar fans do not see. The only reason I saw it <clears throat> was because uh, I was doing a watch through. Um, it's a good story. It's definitely not one of my favorites. Um, it's about grief, and it's about accepting um your limitations and understanding that sometimes your limitations can also be your strengths. Um, so there's lots of really good lessons into it. Um, it's about a dinosaur and a cave boy um, who's lost, basically. Um, so it's cute. It definitely will make you cry, uh, but it's not. It wasn't. It didn't blow me away. Yeah, um, and I then heard about it so. Finding Dory came out in 2016, Cars 3, 2017, and then Coco, uh, which is on my list. Have you seen Coco? I haven't. Does that make me terrible? It doesn't make you terrible. Coco is (laughs) such a gorgeous film. It's, um, It's about the Day of the Dead celebrations and the reasons why. It's about a boy who wants to be a musician, but he is a part of family that makes shoes. And because of family drama, um, no music is allowed in the family. Um, And so he finds himself in the center of the Day of the Dead and in the afterlife and trying to get himself back. And it's such a touching story because it speaks to... First of all, grief, uh, the beauty of death and remembrance, which is something that I don't think as a as uh, United States we talk about enough. Um, and then also the idea of sometimes we have to let things go. Sometimes the family dramas that we hold on to, if we talk about it or we find out something that we didn't know, it, it, it it's not as bad as it is. So um, it also talks about that. Um, and just finding your your voice and who you are. It's just it's beautiful music, beautiful animation, beautiful story. It's really good. So definitely would check it out. Well, I will. And I think your your final favorite. I also have to check out because I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> um, 2018, Incredibles 2. 2019, Toy Story 4. Um, and then earlier this year, before everything went to um, everything closed. Uh, Onward came out in March 6, uh, 2020. I've talked about this film a couple of times. Um, 
it is it's about accepting death and understanding that when you lose a parent, it doesn't mean that you're parentless. It just looks something different. Um, and it's a story about two brothers um, trying to get an opportunity um, to see their dad who passed away for at least one more day. Um, and about this wonderful world in which uh, elves and all sorts of things uh, live, but they live more like us and they've forgotten their magical ways. Um, and it's just, it's a really touching film. I think out of all of the Pixar movies, Onward was the one that made me cry the most. Um, just because I feel like the story was told in such a gorgeous way. Um, so definitely check it out. It's on Amazon if you want to buy or rent. Um, and it's actually, no, it's on, it's on Disney Plus now. So you can watch it for free on Disney Plus if you have that. Um, so it's, it's a really good film. And then we should be getting a new Pixar movie in November, if it stands, uh, with Tina Fey, Mike Jones, uh, called Soul. So we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that. Interesting. I haven't heard about that. I think I saw like a couple of previews and then I haven't heard anything since. Now you uh, put down the Pixar shorts. Yes. I have this weird obsession with the Pixar shorts because they're so good. Um, For the Birds was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) Bow, I think that's how you say it, terrified me because it was about a dumpling and a lady keeps it and it becomes like her baby and then she eats it at the end. It was a little weird, (laughs) but it was very creative. But my absolute favorite short is Lava and it's because I love the song they sing. I sing it to my kid all the time. (laughs) Um, I pull it up on YouTube and I play it Um, and it's so cute and it's about a volcano that starts to sink in the ocean. And then his love is another volcano that grows next to him. Just as she's coming up above the waterline, he's going below. And then his uh, volcano erupts. So it's kind of, kind of weird, too, now that I think about it. But at the end of the day, it's so cute. And they love each other, and they're side-by-side volcanoes. That is adorable. So. And a lot of the Pixar shorts are on Disney Plus, so you can check all of them. And you out. should go watch um, the lava one because it's the best. And then Bao watch her eat her baby because it's weird. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way, it sounds horrific. <laughs> well, I have a funny story behind watching Bao. I went, I went to see Jurassic World, okay? Bought my movie ticket. It was with my kids. We got our food at the movie theater. We went in and sat down. We're sitting there, and this video plays. And I'm like, this is a weird preview for a Jurassic World movie. And they had sent me, given me wrong tickets, and sent me to the wrong theater. And so I missed the beginning of Jurassic World, and they had to put me in a different theater that was starting like 20 minutes after the one I was going to see. But I sat through this whole short, and I was like, this is very weird for Jurassic World preview. And then it was like, incredible. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> That's not what I meant to see. 
um, they put me in the Incredibles 2 movie. Oh, man. That's, well, at least she got I to know. see the eating of the baby. The bow short. <laughs> right, eating the baby. All right, so that is our discussion on Pixar. We got through all of them, Kristen. Yay, look at us. That never happens. No, it doesn't. But somehow we managed we to do it. Fairly short list. It's a fairly short list. Uh, if this is Disney, we would have never made it through them all. This is true. Um, do you have any nerdy obsessions that you're going through right now? Um, I'm still watching Grey's Anatomy. Does that count? I was watching Grey's Anatomy at our last show. So I'm still working my way through. I'm on season nine now. Totally. I am on a chopped marathon because Hulu put the first, like, basically all of the seasons up, including the first season, which really? I don't think I've ever seen. And so I started watching that. And I don't I think I've ever stopped. seen Chopped. It's so, it is... <coughs> It's a it show, is right? good if you like to watch food. Yes, I love cooking. Shows. It is. It is a good cooking show. I enjoy it. Um, so that's my nerdy obsession right now. All right. Well, so we awesome. want your on what to discuss in the world of nerdum. So please give us feedback and follow us at talknerdy underscore radio. Make sure you follow w.nerdprobs.com for articles and blogs and reviews. Join our book club on Facebook called Just One More Chapter. They've just started the new book, right? Yes, we're just starting Winter People by Jennifer McMahon today. Sweet. Uh, We will be back uh, for a talk politics to me this Wednesday because there's lots of things going on in the world. Um, and then we'll be back next Monday on June 8th at 8.30 Eastern Time to talk television and books. All right. I think that's all. That's it. That was great. Go watch a Pixar movie. Yeah, because they're really good. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will see you in a little bit. Bye, guys. Bye.